Well, I feel like you guys already got your fill this morning, no? All right, we can all go home. Let's go home. You want more? Good, okay, good, because I got more. Uh, <laughs> welcome. My name is Tershev. I haven't met you yet. Um, yeah, I'm just glad to, glad to see you guys here. Um, I have just been really amazed at what God's doing, um, and it doesn't come without some struggle and difficulty, right? I, I, uh, as Zach read at the beginning where he said, hey, you know, we crushed Satan under our feet and Kenny bruised our heel, and we got kind of confused by that, right? Because the scripture talks about how, like, the enemy might bruise Jesus' foot, right? But he crushes his head under his, under his feet, and I think we can sometimes get confused by that, though, because we feel, any of you feel a little bruised up by life, right? But, but the truth is, when, the point that Zach was making is, like, Jesus already took that for us. Jesus already took it for us. And I think that the times that we end up struggling is when we're, when we're not actually stepping in to what he already accomplished for us. And I believe that, like we talk about this all the time here at this church, that I believe that God is waiting for a generation that would truly believe his word, yeah. truly believe what he's already accomplished. But so often we settle for what we just experienced rather than actually stepping in to what he experienced for us yeah. and to what he makes a reality in our lives every single day. Um, last week, Cody preached a, a profound message on sowing and reaping. Um, if you didn't get a chance to check it out, I encourage you to, to go to our website. Um, but I was amazed. His, like the word that he brought was so powerful. And then there's been so many confirmations since then on just, I mean, we had in, in uh, Joel's book club, Andrew Womack in the first few chapters spoke about that, that exact same thing, the idea of like what you plant, you will see, you will reap the same thing, right? And then we had uh, some, some guys here doing ministry on Wednesday night, and the guy stood up and said almost the exact same words that Cody said of like the, the word, Cody spoke last week about the word as a seed. The prophetic words that God gives to us, the word of God, the Bible, is a seed in our life that grows. And... Uh, and then there are a few other things I can't even remember now, but there's a few other things that were just this confirmation of what God is speaking to us. And I just felt like um, it was really important to stay on the topic of what God's doing. Um, like I mentioned in the book, Effortless Change, Andrew Womack said, you know, if I were to come into your garden at home, I would be able to tell really easily what you've planted, right? He's like, if you plant peas, you get peas. If you plant corn, you get corn. If you plant flowers, you get flowers. And um, as, as he kind of went through that, he said, but some of you might kind of go, yeah, but I didn't plant that thing. And I think the truth is for all of us, there are things in our lives that maybe we didn't even plant. Maybe they were planted by somebody else. Doubt, lies about who you are, about who God is. They were planted in your life a long time ago. But if it's your garden, Whose responsibility is it to get the weeds out, right? And so I, I just, as I was reading that, I was like, man, that's so powerful. And, and Andrew Womack's point is he goes on to talk about this effortless change is really the fact that if we will just plant the word of God in our lives, the change will be effortless. But we still take responsibility for needing to consume and believe the word of God, right? And he talks about how changing our thinking, changing the way we think, is what will change what happens around us. And it's crazy, but it's like not only practically will things change, but you will see things spiritually shift and change. If you will change the way you think, that's why Jesus um, talks about 
through Paul, he talks about how we, we need to renew our minds daily. Why? Because we need to have the right seeds planted. You know, the truth is, um, I've been kind of going through this process, as many of you have, 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 of really trying to dig down deep and get healthy in every way. Right? Get healthy in our emotions, in our, in our minds, in our spirits, all of that. And I've, through that, I've kind of come to some lies that I've believe in, been believing. And some of them I've been able to go back and kind of dig out the root. Like, where did that come from? And, like, one of the things I remember um, when, I was, when I was young, I mean, I was, I was pretty young. I was probably six or seven, I don't remember. And I saw something horrific happen outside of our church. Um, and that, at that time, I won't get into it, but at that time, it planted a lot of fear in me. And now, as an adult, I can go, okay, I can see where it came from, but do I want fear to dominate my life? No. So we're going to rip that out, right? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go, we're going to get healing, we're going to let go, we're going to forgive. All the stuff that we're talking about with emotional healing retreat is about going back and going, okay, I don't want weeds in my garden, <laughs> right? I want to rip the things out that don't belong there. The truth is, it is our job to get out the things that don't belong there. And God gives us all of the tools. And he will be the one who comes in and does the supernatural work that we can't do. Right? How many of you guys know from experience forgiveness is a supernatural work that we cannot do on our own? Right? <laughs> like it is not natural for us to want to let go and forgive. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes in and does that. But as Cody was, was preaching last week about sowing and reaping, you, you reap what you sow. And the truth is, and, and he was talking about how in everything, when you sow kindness, you will reap kindness. When you sow generously, you will reap generously, right? right? Like Joel was just talking about. And then he even mentioned um, the scripture that I'm really going to dive into today about the seeds that fell on the ground. So I'm going to pick up in Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 8, and then skipping on to... Verse 11, it says, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he scattered the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, then the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up with it and then choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. And it came up to yield a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. And then Jesus' disciples come to him and say, like, what are you talking about? Like, what, what is going on? And so Jesus kind of explains why he tells things in parables. And then he goes on in verse 11 to actually share. And it says, this is what the meaning, this is the meaning of that parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones that hear. And when the devil come, but then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe or be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way they are choked by life worries, life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart 
who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Man, Jesus is so, he's so good. He's so creative. I love the way that he like takes something that's so practical and he just goes, this is, this is how it plays out. And these principles are still the same for us today. I believe that, that all of these, as, I mean, Jesus is just very clearly, he's like, these represent people and what the word of God does when the word comes. But I also believe that some of this can for us be different things that we want to accept or not accept that God sends throughout our lives, even separate from salvation. So I do think that it can apply to both, but specifically this is applying to salvation. And so Jesus there talks about how the path, the seed that falls on the path, it's trampled, and then the birds come, and he says that's like when somebody might receive the word, but the devil immediately comes and tries to steal it from them. And I think that this is really, really important for us to understand for, for any of you who have not given your life to Jesus, this is a warning. But for any of us who are, you know, who already have, this is also a warning. That, that whenever we know that God's word is powerful and effective, right? We know that it changes our lives, right? Which is why we want to tell the world. But, but I want to warn us that when this word is trying to come, whether through a person or whatever, however God is trying to get his word, the truth, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ into someone's life, guess what? The devil is going to try to come and take any opportunity to steal that word away. And we've been talking actually as a church about how important it is that we help to pray for people to get them delivered, to get inner healing, get any of that junk that might be the thing that the devil uses to try to steal that word away from people. And, and for any of you who have not given your life to Jesus yet, just know how important the people around you are and how important it is for you to recognize that yes, there's an enemy, but there is a savior who is so much more powerful. And if you feel that tugging on your heart, even right now, to accept Jesus Christ as your true and only Savior, and the Word of God as the solid and only biblical truth, the enemy is going to try to convince you otherwise. But if you will just press in a little longer, if you will just stick your feet on solid ground and spiritually go, God, help me to really receive this and just pray against anything that the enemy might try to steal from you. Come, get help, get prayer from people because we do not want the enemy to come and to steal away the good word that can transform our lives. And then Jesus talks about the, the seed that falls on the rocky ground. And at, at the beginning, when he's first saying it, he says, there's no moisture. And then he explains why there's no moisture because it didn't have the opportunity for the roots to grow down. Right? So the, the rocks get in the way, and, and this stands for the people who come in, and we've all seen this happen, right? People come in, they're so excited, they're so passionate, they're like, let's go! And we can get that, like, kind of honeymoon period where we're like, let's go, this is so great! Right? But then the, the sad thing is sometimes we can, if we don't let our roots go down, if we don't allow ourselves the opportunity or if we're not put in a position, in a place, in a family, a church family, where we're actually given the opportunity to mature and to grow, our roots keep hitting the rock. And we're not actually able to mature and to grow. And we can fall away so easily. And sometimes, this might not look like falling away from the church. 
Sometimes this might look like sitting in the seat week after week, but it's become a lot more of a religion, a lot more of a checklist, a lot more of a, I'm here because I'm a Christian, but has it actually changed your every day? Has it actually changed the way you think? Does it change what you do with your bank account? Does it change what you do, the way that you treat your family when you get home? Does it change everything about your life? Or are you hitting up against a rock and not allowing that root to go down? Whew. I had a friend. um, I went to a church, and they were a very well-meaning church um, right after I got out of high school. And I was super excited about um, getting into youth ministry. And at the time, there wasn't an opportunity here. Um, And so... I went and, and got a job at another church, very well-meaning church, um, but unfortunately, some of this was happening. <laughs> and I had this friend, and he, he was what at the time I would have called an evangelist. But he also like, did it in such a way that I was like, mm, this makes me not feel great, because I couldn't hang out with the guy without like you go into the coffee shop, and he like walks up to people, and he goes, do you know Jesus? If you don't know Jesus, then blah, 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 blah. And it got me to the point where I was like halfway convicted, like, why am I not like him? Do I not love Jesus? And on the other hand, I'm like, I'm not seeing a whole lot of fruit from this guy. Most of the time, people were scared. And, and I came later to actually, my dad um, used to call this drive-by evangelism, <laughs> where you're kind of like, bam, 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 you're going to hell if you don't do this thing. And then you walk away, and you don't actually help this person to grow the roots. Sometimes you just scare them away, honestly. And you know what was so sad, though? This friend, who at the time I actually believed was like the most committed friend that I had, walked away from his faith completely when the testing came. Because you want to know why he was doing all that? The same reason that there was a guy last night and yesterday morning outside of the conference yelling on a bullhorn at people that they are not in real faith. And literally, <laughs> ooh, it was making me mad. And I was like, are you okay? I'm, no, I'm not okay. Like, because <laughs> he's standing, and literally people are, when we walk in in the morning, he's like ridiculing. Some of you look like prostitutes. Have you even read your Bible? And I'm like, how is this glorifying to God? But I want to tell you, that man probably went home last night feeling really good, like he did his religious duty. When you don't let the root go down, You get stuck in religion. You get stuck doing things, putting a dollar in the plate, picking up your Bible and not getting anything out of it, but feeling good because I checked off my list, coming and sitting in this church or another church, doing all these things that you think are what God wants. But if your roots are not going deep into him... The time of testing will show. And I'm saying this to myself because this is the way that I lived for a long time and I still sometimes fall into it. I still sometimes fall into going through the motions and I'm, I want to apologize because everyone's like painfully, awkwardly silent right now, but I'm not sorry because I would rather offend you today than have you discover that you have been living a religion 
and that you've lost out on everything he did for you on that cross. He did everything for us. He did everything so that we can not only get our ticket to heaven and be like, yeah, this is great, but that we can actually, like I think it was Joel said, that we will actually go out and we will see the blind see, the deaf hear, that we will actually walk in. And when we see the demonic taking control or, or having an effect on people's lives, that we will be able to cast out demons. We like to think, come on, we like to think that the devil stopped working we like to think that the devil, like, what do you think half of Jesus' ministry was? Walking in and casting out demons. Yeah. And we think that because we're in, like, nice Western Christianity that he's done doing that. No, he just got more sneaky. Hmm, sorry. <laughs> this is one of my concerns for the Western church is that we've become so complacent and our roots are hitting a rock, and we're not getting where we need to go. I'm shaking, y'all. <sighs> My second concern is the next thing, and that's the seeds in the weeds. That there are so many that just like the scripture says, the roots try to grow down but we don't get rid of the weeds. And the worries, the everyday worries become bigger than what his word says. That the riches that we go after become bigger. Building our bank accounts become bigger than building his kingdom. That the pleasures of this life, the things that we're just like, well, right now I feel like doing that. There was this guy yesterday at the conference, um, and there was, like, a lot of preparation for, like, the guy before who introduced him was like, this guy's not politically correct, so sorry. And literally, I'm, I'm getting texts from Nick at the time. He's going, like, this guy's really edgy. We're not sure if he's going to be. Like, everyone's concerned, and, like, he was our favorite speaker. Because um, <laughs> we're like, yeah, forget politically correct, whatever. But one of the things he went after hard is, like, how many of us, we're looking at our marriages going, yeah, there's 50% divorce rate, but how many end up, man, he said this thing about how we, you know, before we get married, it's like, oh man, everything's about you, it's so great. And then you get married, and, and I guess there was some study done that most married couples don't even spend 60 seconds looking eye to eye and talking to each other in a day. But you can spend four hours watching a football game. Whew. We don't like football, so we're fine. But, <laughs> but we could spend four hours on social media, right? Or four hours doing something else, right? All of us are guilty of this. <clears throat> the pleasures of the world, the worries of the world, and the riches. I remember when, uh, when I was in Bible school, the first time, <laughs> it didn't take. Um, but when I was in Bible school the first time, I... Uh, I read this book, and I honestly can't even remember if the actual book was any good, but the title changed my life. It said, when people are big and God is small. And for so many of us, people have become big. What others think of us has become huge, and God became small. Our career became big, and God became small. Right? Our 
whatever <laughs> became big and God became small. I was uh, reminded a few days ago, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, but Dr. Caroline Leaf said something along the lines of, when it comes to thoughts and beliefs, we all have plants that we want to grow, right? We want to plant these good thoughts. We want to plant these good things. So in our thoughts and beliefs, we want, to, we want plants that we want to grow, and we have weeds that we want to die. But sometimes we water the weeds, and they choke out the plants. We need to stop resourcing our lies. Many of us, it's like the lies, the, the continual weeds that we allow to grow in our lives are that, you know, God will show up for that person, but not for me. That addiction that I've been struggling with for years, it can never leave me. It is who I am. I, I'm too young to make a difference. I'm too old to make a difference. I'm not good enough. I'm not eloquent enough to, to you know, God is going to use the church, but he can't use me as an individual. All these things, all these lies that we believe and we resource our lives by pouring water on them and going, yeah, keep thinking that way. But then we go, well, why is my life not the way that it went? Well, because you allowed a seed to be planted and you started watering the weeds. We need to rip out those lies and say, no, in the name of Jesus, I will believe what he says about me. And I will not allow any other lies to come in. And when I see them, I will go after them. Yeah. Then it says in verse 15, but the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. It all boils down to the root. Is the root going deep? I want to read to you one of my favorite scriptures from Ephesians 3. It says, for this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would grant you, church, according to the riches of his glory, not the riches that choke us out, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, who is love? Jesus, right? Says God says that God is love. He is love. He not just loves us, he is love. So being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height and to know, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Did you know that was possible? To be filled with the fullness of God himself. That is the word of God. Do we believe it? Or are you right now, even right now, going, well, that sounds too good to be true. You're watering the lies. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceeding, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen. 
There are just two things, just as I finish up, there are just two things that I want to pull out today that I want us to focus on. The first one is what I call the nobility principle. The nobility principle. You'll notice in Luke 8, 8, right there where it talks about the seed that actually grows roots is the seed that, is, that hits a noble and good heart. The noble heart means honest. When I actually looked up the word that was used there in the Greek, it says a genuine, approved, precious. It says praiseworthy and noble. Beautiful by reason of purity of heart and life and hence praiseworthy. I actually believe that what God's saying here is when we will allow our hearts to go back to the way they were originally made. Like he calls, a, he calls us a real, a royal, real too, a royal priesthood, right? He calls us a royal priesthood. He says you are nobility because of who your father is. I heard something yesterday, I think it was Priscilla Shire. She said, um, in the kingdom, there are no grandkids. You don't get to live off the faith of your parents. But it also means that you are a child of God when you accept him, right? And so the nobility principle is that when we actually go back to how we were originally created, when we actually go back to the simplicity and the purity of believing what God says about us and who he says we are and how he actually created us, that's when the word can take root, right? When we get out all the other junk, we have to go back to the way that he created us, recognizing who we are. My mentor, um, Eric, he told me this profound story this week he, as we were kind of talking through all these type of things. And he said he had this crazy encounter with the Holy Spirit, and he starts asking God for like a couple weeks, like, God, what was that? What was going on? What is going on? What are you trying to teach me? And God says to him, you know, Eric, you have been trained as, as a prophet, because he's been trained to hear and speak the word of God. You have been trained as a priest to come and minister to the presence. You've been trained as a prophet, and you have been trained as a priest, but now you need to be trained as a king. Kings take responsibility for themselves. <laughs> I think the truth is we have to take responsibility for themselves, and I want to tell you I'm I'm trying to do this in my own life to lead by example that Cody and I are going through with Sandy and Philip um, breaking beliefs and really trying to, you know, again, this emotional healing stuff. I'm meeting with my mentor every single week, like, let's all commit to doing this together, that we would really take responsibility for ourselves. Vicki reminded me on something uh, at She's Limitless this week of the fact that, that self-control is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And we often are going, Jesus, take the wheel. And he's going, cool, take the wheel back because I gave you self-control, right? The Holy Spirit is within you to empower you to do everything, but then you actually have to step out and do it. Kings take responsibility for themselves. But then you want to know what really hit me? Everything. (laughs) In that verse... Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or even think. We can't even imagine the things that God will do. Like he's going, I'm going to do more than you could even think. Like or more than you could even in your wildest imagination. And we go, awesome, God, do that. According to the power 
that works in us. And some of us go, oh, that just means it's Jesus who does it. It's the Holy Spirit in us, right? So it's the Holy Spirit who does it. But what Jesus hit me with this week is what that actually means is I will do it according to how much you're allowing the Holy Spirit to empower you. He's already done it. The Holy Spirit is right. Like, if you are a believer, you've already received the Holy Spirit. But guess what? Like Cody spoke about last week, you can quench the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can push him down all you want. You can say he's weird. You can whatever you want to do. Or you can be like, all you are is my comforter. You're not my empowerer to make me bold like the disciples who turned the world upside down. We can diminish the Holy Spirit, and, and God right here is going, I will do, and I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you could ever ask or think according to what you choose to do with the power that's within you. The nobility principle is I will step up and recognize who I am and allow that Holy Spirit and the power, the word there, um, for one of the words... According to that power is, is the word uh, dynamis, dynamite, the dynamite Holy Spirit that's within you. The nobility principle, and then lastly, the multiplication principle. I find it fascinating that Jesus says, with the good soil... A seed was planted, and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. And then where it talks about in Ephesians 3, that when you will be rooted and grounded in love, in him, that's when he can do exceedingly abundantly more. He multiplies everything. A healthy root produces good fruit. Amen. It doesn't hit that barrier it doesn't allow the testing to come and rip it out. The seed, the word of God, will produce a harvest. That is a principle of the word of God that we cannot change no matter how much we try to. That when, when the seed is planted in good soil, it will produce a harvest so much bigger than even the seed that was originally sown. Is your life producing a harvest? For me, for a long time, fear stopped me from producing a harvest. Fear. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I can't do that. I can't go. I can't make a difference. I'm too quiet. I'm too shy. I'm too whatever. A bunch of excuses stopped me from actually producing a harvest. I had a million excuses. Well, that's not the way that God wants to work and da, 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 whatever. I had a million excuses until I started to change my thinking and recognize that the one thing that I have to do is consume his word, believe it, and then allow it to change, allow it to take root. Amen. Yesterday, again, at the, the conference, it was like all about how this multiplication principle that if you partner with God and if you sow into the right soil, you will have influence. You will see God move. We will be able to not only financially be able to have so that we can bless, but we will also spiritually have so that we can bless. 
We will emotionally be stable so that we can bless and not be in our own mess, right? That we will have everything that we need when we allow the root, allow the seed to take root. I feel like God is um, doing something right now, and I just, Caleb, will you come up and play? Um, Actually, whole worship band, you guys can come up. I want us to just, for a few minutes, just really focus in on those words, Ephesians uh, 3.20. I want you to close your eyes and whatever you need to do, honestly. Like, I'm so blessed to, like, see people on their knees in worship. So if you need to open your hands up, if you need to get on your knees, if you need to stand up, if you need whatever you need to do, I really just believe that God is asking us right now to come with a repentant heart of any place. Any place that we've allowed the worries of the world, the pleasures of the world. Anywhere that we've allowed fear, lies, anywhere that we've allowed anything to really stop that word, the the living word of God to grow down deep in us, anywhere that we have chosen not to root and ground ourselves in his love. I believe he's asking us to come humbly, not ashamed, but to come humbly before him and lay down those those excuses, lay down the lies, lay down anything that has stopped us Because this is so true that when we allow the seed to grow in us, we will produce harvest. We will see things change in our attitudes. We will see things change in our families. We will see things change in our church. We will see things change in our community. We will see a harvest. We will reap a harvest, a harvest of souls. We will see his kingdom coming in our own lives. His government increases, right? God's kingdom just keeps on going from glory to glory and increasing. But we say right now, Jesus, get rid of anything that is stopping us from seeing that in our lives, seeing that in our family, seeing that in our church. I'm just going to shut up for a second and let you root yourself in Jesus. And anything that he brings to mind that is getting in the way, will you just be willing to hand it to him? And just say, God, that is not what I want. God, I repent of ever believing that's what I need. Jesus, I just I actually feel really strongly that I want to step in the gap for the the Western church. God, I just want to repent of the the fact that we've gotten so off course sometimes that we have believed that our programs and our flashy worship and whatever has, is, is what your heart desires, but what you truly desire is hearts that are open to you. Holy Spirit, we just pray, we just pray that you, as we repent and as we turn, 
to seek your face, God, that you would just come with the revival that will sweep this nation. And let it begin with us. Let it begin with us. anyone right now who just is feeling convicted, is feeling that pull, that nudge in your heart, that it's time for you to step in with Jesus, will you just raise your hand and make eye contact with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. look into the eyes of people who are saying 100% yes to you. I know that there are angels in heaven rejoicing. And right now, we just seal every person who's made that decision, and we say the enemy will not come. The enemy will not come and steal that seed. And God, for people who have already been walking in salvation with you, but they're just saying, man, I don't want to compromise anymore. I don't want to make excuses anymore. We just right now declare that, that like in a supernatural way, your roots are gonna go down deep, that there will be no rocks in the way, that there will be no weeds to choke you out. We just say we're all in Jesus because you are worthy. You are the one, Jesus, worth following. And we want to give you our all. And we want to walk out here rejoicing. God, we pray right now. I don't know what song we're about to sing, but it needs to be a good one. All right? No pressure. Because um, <laughs> I, just, I just really believe that heaven is wanting to pour down the kind of joy that Jesus feels when his people say yes. When his people say yes, it's all about you. It's not about the life I'm trying to create. It's all about you, Jesus. So right now, Holy Spirit, we just invite you. God, if there's people in places of repentance, God, just, just keep, continue doing that work in them. But God, as soon as you get that junk out, will you just fill us each with a joy that surpasses understanding? God, we believe you for the fact that you say that you will do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or even think. We trust you, Jesus, so show up and do it. We love you. Amen.